Hello everyone, and welcome to JTalk Extra Time. I'm James Taylor, and in part one of this week's episode, I'll be reviewing six of the games from J2 Round 15. In part two, John Steele has the other five games and a preview of Round 16. Then in part three, Mike Innes covers all the J3 Round 10 action in JTalk Short Corner. Shimizu S-Pulse and Fujieda MyFC met in J2 for the first time, and it's not an occasion that Fujieda will want to remember, as Shimizu continued their incredible scoring form to run out 5-0 winners. Thiago Santana pounced on a loose ball in the third minute to open the scoring. In the tenth minute, Shimizu were awarded a penalty for handball, which Carlinos Jr. converted four minutes later. Two minutes after that, a mistake by the Fujieda defence allowed Carlinos to set up Koya Kitagawa to make it three. And it was 4-0 in the 27th minute when Kengo Kitazume beat the keeper one-on-one. Fujieda had two shots deflected onto the bar, but Carlinos got his second and Shimizu's fifth in the 72nd minute. That's 14 goals in two games for Shimizu, who move up to fifth. Fujieda have conceded eight in two games and are 13th with three consecutive losses. Bivar and Nagasaki fell to their second straight defeat as they lost 2-0 away to Zegen Kanazawa without Kaio Cesar or Juanma Delgado. Kanazawa's Honoya Shoji put Kanazawa ahead in the 20th minute, heading in Akeita Fujimura free kick. For Nagasaki, Clayson and Edgar Jr. both should have done better with first-half chances. Seven minutes into the second half, Kanazawa's Masamichi Hayashi caught keeper Go Hatano off guard with a turn and shot from close range to make it 2-0. Zergen keeper Yuto Shirai twice saved well from Cristiano, and Kanazawa won for the first time in four. They stay 14th, Nagasaki stay 4th. Jubilo Iwata kept pace with the playoff teams thanks to a 4-2 win over Zaspa Kisatsugunma. Kotaro Fujikawa scored Iwata's first in the 10th minute, converting Hiroki Yamada's squared pass after Gunma gave the ball away near their own area. Yamada doubled the lead three minutes later. Gunma keeper Masatoshi Kushibiki collided with a defender 20 yards from goal, trying to deal with a high ball, and Yamada scored into the unguarded net. It was 3-0, two minutes into the second half, a long-range dudu effort into the far corner. Ryo Jamain added a fourth in the 56th minute as he beat the offside trap to slot past Kushibiki. Gunma pulled two goals back in quick succession. In the 71st minute, Koki Kazama scored a direct free kick from 25 yards. And in the 77th minute, Shuichi Sakai headed in a free kick from the left wing. Gunma dropped out of the playoff spots to 7th, just a point ahead of 8th placed Iwata. Vanfare Kofu also dropped out of the playoff spots as they lost 1-0 at home to Jeff United Chiba. Tomoya Miki's first goal of the season in the 29th minute was the difference. A shot through a crowd from just inside the area that only just crossed the line. There was a moment of almost controversy in the 58th minute when Shota Arai dropped a Jumma Miyazaki shot between his legs and it looked like it went over the line. But even though the stadium announcer shouted goal, it wasn't given. The assistant referee was in a good position and did not give the goal. So Jeff held on for a win that moves them up to 15th and sees Kofu slip to ninth. Tokushima Vortis let a two-goal lead slip away to Renault for Yamaguchi. Kaito Mori headed Vortis into the lead in the 27th minute, and Yoichiro Kakitani doubled it with a well-worked free-kick routine five minutes before half-time. Joji Ikegami pulled one back for Yamaguchi in the 61st minute, a left-footed volley from 12 yards on an increasingly waterlogged pitch, and Renan headed in the equaliser two minutes from time as Tokushima couldn't hold on with 10 men after Taro Sugimoto received the second yellow in the 63rd minute. These teams are separated by just a point. Yamaguchi in 18th on 15 points, but winless in 8. Tokushima, 19th on 14 points. 
A last gasp equaliser from Takamitsu Tomiyama grabbed a vital point for Omiya Ardija away to Fagiano Okayama. Okayama's Tiago Alves missed a penalty just before half-time. Omiya keeper Takashi Kasahara going the right way and saving well. Yudai Tanaka did score for Okayama in the 74th minute, running onto a crossfield pass and evading a couple of defenders to slot past Kasahara. But Omiya weren't done, and in the fifth minute of stoppage time, an excellent run from Masaya Shibayama teed up Tomiyama to score into the roof of the net. 1-1 the final score, Okayama dropped to 10th, Omiya stay in 21st, but are level on points with 20th placed Monterio Yamagata. That's all from me. Next, John has the rest of the games for you. Thanks for that, James. Hi everyone, John Steele here to round up the rest of the round 15 action from the J2 weekend. Machida Zelvia are still top and now four points clear of second after a hard-fought win. Uh, they won 1-0 away at Tokyo Verdi in round 15. The visitors nearly went ahead about 10 minutes before half-time when a deflected shot from Shunta Araki came back off the face of the Verdi crossbar. But Machida did go in front with a goal in first half stoppage time. Jan Mingyu's snapshot volley came back off the foot of the Verdi post after some good work from Mitch Duke down the uh, Machida right. And the ball then hit Eric, who was standing about two yards out, and the ball bounded over the line for 1-0. Verdi's task was made even harder in this game in the 63rd minute. They had Byron Vasquez sent off for a a very harsh second bookable offence. He seemed to be questioning a a refereeing decision uh, and looked stunned to be shown a second yellow card and sent off. Yeah, it did seem uh, like a very harsh call. I assume he must have said something uh, that the referee uh, really didn't like. But Verdi were down to 10 men, uh, and there was no way back for them. It finished Tokyo Verdi nil, Machida 1. Uh, so yeah, Machida 4 points clear at the top. Verdi still 3rd, and possibly ominously for the rest of the season, they're in 3rd place, but 7 points behind uh, Machida now. Oita Trinita lost some ground on Machida in a very entertaining Kyushu derby. It finished Oita 1, Kumamoto 1 at the Rezonac Dome. The home side nearly took the lead in fine style in the 10th minute here when Kazuki Fujimoto danced his way past virtually the entire Kumamoto defence but his fierce shot crashed off the underside of the crossbar and away to safety. Then moments later at the other end Kumamoto were ahead. Daichi Ishikawa put in a shot from about 20 yards after Kumamoto had won the ball back close to the edge of the Oita penalty area. The ball took a big deflection off a defender and looped over the goalkeeper to make it Oita nil. Kumamoto won. After that, Oita pressed hard for an equaliser and Kumamoto's keeper Ryuga Tashiro was called into action to make a fine reaction save from Kohei Isa. And after that, Masaki Yumiba took aim from the edge of the penalty area for Oita, but his shot kissed the outside of the post and Kumamoto escaped. Into the second half, Tashiro made another superb save uh, from an Oita header, but he was beaten in the 57th minute by a low shot from the edge of the box by Hiroto Nakagawa, who rolled the ball in off the post when he uh, collected Junya Nodake's pass. And that's how it finished. Oita won, Kumamoto won. Oita second, and as mentioned, they're four points behind the leaders Machida now, but they are three points ahead of Tokyo Verdi in third. Meanwhile, Kumamoto are in 11th, and Daichi Shikawa scored three goals in his last two games, so he's coming into some form at the moment for them. Elsewhere, in round 15, there was no sign of an end to Iwaki's slump as they lost for the fifth game in a row. It finished Iwaki nil, Akita won. 
Iwaki did have the best chance of the first half with a header from Daiki Yamaguchi, but Akita keeper Kentaro Kakoi did brilliantly to tip the ball against the post and to save uh, his side's bacon. Late on in the game, Ibuki Yoshida had a golden chance to put Akita in front, but he couldn't quite wrap his foot around the ball, and Iwaki's Takumi Kawamura cleared it from off the goal line. But Yoshida did eventually score Akita's winner, with about 10 minutes left, after they were awarded a fairly contentious penalty. Uh, Iwaki defender Riku Saga slid in to clear the ball uh, out of his own penalty area, but he caught an onrushing Akita player, which I think was Tomofumi Fujiyama, with his studs after he'd already kicked the ball away. So the referee gave Akita a penalty for this coming together, and Saga was shown a straight red card for a, a dangerous tackle. I think this is a bit debatable because he, he didn't tackle anybody. He was just clearing a loose ball, and a, a, an Akita player kind of got in his way. But anyway, the penalty was given. Uh, Saga was uh, given his marching orders. Yoshida's penalty was initially well saved by Toru Takagiwa in the Iwaki goal, but uh, when you're down at the bottom of the table, you don't have any luck, uh, do you? And the ball came straight back to Yoshida, uh, who tucked it away. So the final score was Iwaki nil, Akita 1. Akita are back up to 6th, that's two straight wins for them. They're level with 5th place Chimizu on 25 points, and yes, Iwaki are still bottom, and uh, they look like they're in big trouble at the moment. After some thrilling late drama, Sendai emerged victorious in the Michinoku derby. It finished Sendai 2, Yamagata 1 after a breathtaking finish. Early on, Ryoma Kida thought he'd put the home side in front from a corner, but his uh, goal was correctly disallowed for offside. Meanwhile, at the other end, ex-Sendai midfielder Wataru Tanaka fired against the base of the post. Kida, though, did put Sendai in front in the 32nd minute, when Sendai robbed Yamagata of possession uh, near their own penalty area, Hiromu Kamada burst into the box and tried to cut the ball back for Kida. His initial pass was blocked, but the ball came straight back to him, and then he was able to find Kida at the second attempt, and Kida uh, brilliantly fired across the goalkeeper and into the far corner to make it Sendai 1, Yamagata 0. Just before half-time, Yamagata had a great chance to equalise when their defender Yuta Kumamoto headed just wide of the post. And five minutes from full-time in the second half, the away side grabbed an equaliser when the ball was chipped into the Sendai box. Shintaro Kokubu flicked it on with his head, and Yoshiki Fujimoto tried an overhead kick that went in and straight through the uh, Sendai goalkeeper Akihiro Hayashi, and it was suddenly 1-1 with five minutes to go. After that, uh, Sendai threw the proverbial kitchen sink at Yamagata, and right at the start of stoppage time, Motohiko Nakajima rattled the Yamagata crossbar. But Sendai and Nakajima weren't to be denied, and he got the winner in the 96th minute. Takumi Masei did really well to get a low ball across the Yamagata penalty area from the right flank, and after taking a touch to control it, Nakajima sent a brilliant curler into the net from about 16 yards. And uh, there was a big crowd inside the Yurtek Stadium, uh, over 15,000, and uh, most of them really enjoyed that 96-minute uh, winner. So Sendai 2, Yamagata 1 was the full-time score. Sendai are in 12th place in the table, with Yamagata 20th, and Yamagata are level on points with the second-bottom team, Omiya. There were plenty of goals in the latest instalment of the Kita Kanto derby. Uh, in the rain at Kei's Denki Stadium, it finished Mito 2, Tochigi 2. And Tochigi took the lead in this game with a penalty in the 14th minute. 
Tochigi's Yuto Yamada got to a loose ball inside the penalty area just ahead of Mito's keeper Kaiho Nakayama who was making his first appearance of the season and perhaps a bit rusty. Uh, there was minimal contact between the two and uh, Yamada made the most of it. Uh, I think on reflection looking at it again it probably was a penalty and Kisho Yano dispatched the spot kick to make it Mito nil, Tochigi 1. Then Ryo Nemoto had a glorious chance to double Tochigi's lead when he went clean through, but he ended up putting the ball over the crossbar when a simple pass to Yano would probably have given him a tap-in. Tochigi then survived a hectic goal scramble in first-half stoppage time and went into the, uh, the half-time interval one near the head. Mito levelled just before the hour with a superb goal from Motoki Ohara. He was played into the penalty area by Fumiya Sugura, dropped his shoulder brilliantly to go past two defenders and then curled the ball past the Tochigi keeper Kazuki Fujita to make it 1-1. Shortly after that, Fujita made a brilliant close-range block from Ohara as Mito nearly turned the game around. But then midway through the half, it was 2-1 to Tochigi. A quick counter was finished off in brilliant style by Kenta Fukumori who fired a stunning right-footed drive past Nakayama and in off the crossbar from about 20 yards. Then, at the other end, Fujita made a superb fingertick save from a Hidetoshi Takeda free kick, pushing the ball onto the underside of the crossbar. It bounced down on the line, but uh, didn't go over. And Fujita was busy again, making a smart stop at the back post from a Shimon Teranuma chance as well. Ten minutes from full time, it was Mito's turn to get a penalty. Yuki Kusano was hauled down by Hayato Fukushima at the far post uh, for a pretty clear uh, spot kick and Kusano picked himself up and scored the penalty to make it 2-2. So the final score at Kei's Denki was Mito 2, Tochigi 2. Very, very entertaining game. This one, it leaves Tochigi in 17th on 16 points so far, 3 uh, clear of the drop zone. Mito are just 1 point uh, ahead of them and 1 place ahead. They're in 16th on 17 points. Okay, I think that's all of the round 15 JQ action uh, taken care of then. So let's look ahead to the round 16 fixtures. They're all coming up this Wednesday, May the 17th. We have another full midweek round for round 16. And uh, yeah, let's take a look at the fixtures. There is one uh, slightly unusual kickoff time at 1.30 p.m., uh, second placed Oita are on the road at 20th place Yamagata. Now, Wednesday's a regular weekday in Japan, it's not a holiday, but Yamagata are experimenting with having a kind of midweek uh, afternoon kickoff. I think they're going to get lots of local school children to the stadium. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what that looks like and what the attendance is like uh, for that one. But yeah, 1 30 uh, Wednesday afternoon, it's Yamagata against Oita. Um, no such radical planning in any of the other round 16 games. The other 10 matches are all at the, the more traditional 7pm time. So uh, yes, in the 7pm games, Akita host Kofu, that's 6th against 9th. 3rd place Tokyo Verdi are on the road at Tochigi. 5th uh, place Shimizu visit Jeff Chiba, who are in 15th. And uh, yes, there's another Shizuoka derby as 8th placed Iwata go to 13th placed Fujieda. Nagasaki, who are in 4th place, host 10th placed Okayama. The leaders, Machida, welcome 18th placed Yamaguchi to Nozita. 19th placed Tokushima have a home game against uh, Kanazawa, who are 14th and uh, seem to have been 14th for ages. But yes, Tokushima against Kanazawa, 19th against 14th, is on the Wednesday slate. And uh, it's 11 versus 12th as Kumamoto uh, welcome Sendai to the Egao Kenko Stadium. The two big games for me uh, on the Wednesday night slate, 
Um, one of them has real potential to be pivotal in the, the battle at the bottom. It's Iwaki against Omiya. So uh, bottom hosting second bottom, 22nd against 21st. Uh, you, you get the feeling anything could happen in that game. And there's also another Kita Kanto derby as Gunma host Mito at Shoulder Stadium. So Gunma in 7th at the moment, Mito in 16th. Um, I think that could be an eye-catching game as well. So my pick of the games is for kind of logistical reasons. Yamagato against Oita at 1.30pm is interesting. The big battle at the bottom, Iwaki against Omiya, looks good too. And uh, yeah, Kita Kanto Dorbe always seems to produce excitement. So Gunma against Mito is another one of uh, my picks for the round 16 games. Okay, I hope everybody enjoys their midweek uh, J2 football then. And uh, James and I will be back to round it up uh, with a, a mini pod before the weekend. But that's all from James and I uh, on the J2 tip for now. Please stay tuned though, because in a moment... Magic Mike Innes is going to be with you. He has uh, all of the latest J3 news from another very busy uh, third tier match day. That's coming up in J Talk Short Corner in just a moment. So stay tuned. J Talk Extra Time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to J Talk Short Corner, the mini pod that keeps you up to date with events in J3 of the J League. I'm your host, Mike Innes, and in this episode, I'll be looking back on fixtures in round 10 of the J3 season, as well as previewing J3 clubs' participation in the Emperor's Cup first round ties coming up this weekend. There were three games on Saturday the 13th of May and to begin with what a few days it's been for fans of AC Negano Parseiro. Last weekend they beat deadly rivals Matsumoto Yamaga in an Emperor's Cup qualifier. Their former Matsumoto defender Yuya Ono scoring the decisive kick in a dramatic penalty shootout. Then, in round 10, they welcomed Yamaga to the Nagano U Stadium for a Shinshu derby in the league. Over 12,000 people there. Parseiro emerging triumphant again. Yuki Stealth's team had much the better of the game and may find it hard to believe they went in at half-time only 1-0 up. Other chances coming when Takashi Kondo hit the bar with an early shot and later had another attempt cleared off the line by Itsuki Enomoto. It was in the 32nd minute that Nagano did go in front when big captain Takuya Akiyama glanced in Yuma Funabashi's lofted ball following a short corner routine. The talismanic Yuki Morikawa played a key role in Parseiro's second on 79 minutes, picking up the loose ball and setting up an overlap for Hayate Sugi, whose low cross was side-footed home by Hiroki Yamamoto. Matsumoto offered little in attack, but if Nagano have a weak spot, it's between the posts. Stealth has fielded three keepers already this season and the latest incumbent, Kim Min-ho, added unnecessary tension to the closing seconds when he badly misjudged a high ball into the box from his opposite number, Victor, allowing Ren Komatsu to pull one back with a free header. 
Final score though, Nagano 2, Matsumoto 1, a shift in the balance of local power. A first ever J-League derby win for Paseiro, taking them top of the table. Yamaga have six points fewer than this time last year, reflected in the fact that Masahiro Shimoda's team now sit seventh. Leaders at start of play, Nana Club suffered a shock second defeat of the season in their home game against fellow J3 new boys FC Osaka. Tatsuma Sakai hit the post for Nana after good work by Kohei Teramura, but the home side couldn't make their periods of superiority count, and star striker Hayato Asakawa had a quiet afternoon. The decisive moment came 17 minutes from time, Takumi Shimada converting a spot kick awarded when keeper Shinji Okada brought down marauding centre-back Keita Matsuda. That's five now this season for ex-Nana forward Shimada. Final score, Nana nil, Osaka one. A rare off day for Julian Marin Basilo's side who dropped to fourth. Osaka now in 12th representatives of the big and basic school not always the easiest team to enjoy two nil winners when the teams met in their emperor's cup qualifier last weekend sc sagamihana let a two goal lead slip to draw at yscc yokohama Restored to the role of striker, it was Ibrahim Junior Kuribana who opened the scoring for the visitors on 25 minutes, escaping the attentions of Yutaro Yanagi and Hiroto Domoto to finish Ryu Wakabayashi's far post cross. 14 minutes later, rookie Wakabayashi himself made it too, left unmarked to head in across from Keisuke Ito. The home side's recovery commenced six minutes after the break. Veteran Takahiro Nakazato curling a free kick round the wall and inside Koki Kawashima's far post for 2-1. And the equaliser came on 73 minutes. Yanagi surging past the static Wakabayashi to convert across from Domoto. Improving YSCC did have more of the chances throughout hitting the woodwork via Rento Tahara's 22-yard screamer and a Yorn Pedersen header, while Shaw Fukuda had a powerful header cleared off the line by Kosei Makiyama. Final score, YSCC 2, Sagami had it 2. Five unbeaten in the league now for YSCC, who are 16th. Three straight draws for Sagami Hara, now 19th. Then on Sunday the 14th, it was always likely that if Katane Toyama could get their noses in front at home to Fukushima United, they'd be able to see out the win, and that proved to be the case at the Toyama Stadium. A 21st-minute goal from the unlikely figure of Daiki Yagishita deciding a mostly uneventful match. His header from Hiroyasueki's free kick arcing over the hesitant Kaito Yamamoto and in. Shunta Takahashi almost added a second when his header from Yagishita's cross thumped against the bar. It wasn't until the 87th minute Fukushima forced homekeeper Toshiki Hirao into action, 
diving to tip over a well-struck shot from Korsuke Tanaka. This seemed to alert Fukushima to the possibilities of attack, and the 19-year-old Hirao, making his J-League debut, twice more had to be on guard to keep out a Shun Orbu header and a dangerous cross shot from Kota Mori. Final score, Toyama 1, Fukushima 0. Katare back into the promotion places, behind Nagano only on goal difference. Fukushima slip into the bottom three with their first loss in five. Hot on the heels of Toyama are Ehime FC, who played out an action-packed, if goalless, draw in their derby at FC Imabari. Just over 5,000 filled the Imabari Satoyama Stadium and they saw Ehime's Riki Matsuda have a 19th minute goal ruled out for offside and Mighty Miken's centre-back Leia Morishita test homekeeper Genta Ito with a 40-yard free kick just before the break. Imabari posed more of a threat in the second half, Kazaki Nakagawa carving out a good chance by catching Sora Ogawa in possession, only to put his shot well wide. Then, in injury time, the hosts twice came within a whisker as Dudu's angled shot was tipped round the post by Shugo Tsuji, and from the resulting corner, Marcus Vinicius headed against the post. Final score, Imabari nil, Ehime nil. A clean sheet in a tough derby game when you're down to your third choice goalkeeper is hardly bad news for Imabari coach Riki Takagi, whose team go sixth. A slight sense for Ehime that Matsuda, when bang in form during the open weeks of the season, would have scored one of his chances in this game, and his side drop to third. At home to FC Ryukyu, two goals in the last 10 minutes gave Kagoshima United their third straight win and condemned Ryukyu to their third straight loss. Jin Hanato had one chalked off for offside midway through the second half, but Kagoshima's recent upturn has coincided with Masayoshi Endo coming back into first team contention, and it was he who made the breakthrough in the 80th minute, a composed finish to round off a goalmouth scramble which stemmed from Danny Carvajal tipping Shuto Nakahara's shot onto the bar. Carvajal not pleased to end up conceding. It happened again eight minutes later, though, teenager Seiyatake intercepting a pass out from the back by Makito Uehara to fire home with his left foot from 20 yards. Final score, Kagoshima 2, Ryukyu 0. Naoto Otake working out how to configure his Kagoshima squad, and they're now fifth. For Kazuki Kuranuki and Ryukyu down in 15th, their next game in two weeks' time is a big one away at Sagamihana. Ten games into the season and, to me, a team who may be able to improve on their current position are Iwate Guruja Morioka. Yoshige Matsubara's side came away from the Tohoku Derby at Vanrare Hachinohe with all three points, taking a 12th-minute lead through Koki Matsubara, his 20-yard shot deflected past Shogo Onishi by the unfortunate Koki Maezawa. 
Now, Sashi Wada made it 2-0 just before half-time with his fourth of the campaign, an overhead kick after Maezawa had made a mess of dealing with a Coyote Shinbo cross. Van Rade pulled one back early in the second half. Kazuya Niwa's cross glanced in by Takuya Miyamoto, but Gruja quickly restored their two-goal advantage. A long ball slicing through the home defence for rookie forward Miyu Sato, who finished confidently for his first pro goal. The home side reduced the deficit again on 62 minutes. Shintaro Kato's header from Yuya Himeno's cross was going off target before it struck Shinbo and bounced inside the near post. Final score, Hachinohe 2, Iwate 3. Van Rade's earlier purple patch brought conclusively to an end by a second straight home defeat, although they remain a respectable tenth. Gruja reducing their reliance on the ineffective Cristiano and Douglas Vieira end their run of three straight losses and climb to eighth. There was a dramatic ending to the game between Gainare Totori and Azul Claro Numazu. The match stood at one all going into the last minute, Totori having gone in front late in the first half when Arya Jasuru Hasegawa flicked it over the defence for Taku Ushinohama, whose shot squeezed under Hiromu Musha and trickled over the line. Numazu drew level on 68 minutes when Tatsuya Anzai caught Mun Inju in possession and teed it up for Hagami Wada to finish unmarked from 15 yards. In the 90th minute then, it was Azul Claro who struck on the counter. Young Brazilian substitute Igor Gabriel setting up Noah Kenshin Brown who just about guided it round Koshiro Itohara to steer the ball into an empty net. Wild celebrations among the Numazu travelling support, but premature, as in the third minute of stoppage time, Gainane's Hiroto Sese floated it into the box. Musha flapped at the ball and missed, allowing Yuta Togashi's cushioned header to bounce slowly across the line. Final score, Totori 2, Numazu 2. Some peak J3 from both teams on display here, but... A fifth draw of the season for Gainane, who sit ninth. That late slip from Musha costs Azoclaro two points and three places. They're now 11th. Ginovansky to Kyushu, meanwhile, must by now be moving into crisis mode following a home loss against Tegevajano Miyazaki. The game was barely 90 seconds old when Kitakyushu fell behind. Keeper Daiki Goto parrying a venomous shot from Kazuma Nagata straight out to Harumi Minamino, who needed no invitation to score from 12 yards. Ginovance came close to an equaliser on a couple of occasions, midway through the first half when Takeaki Homura had a near post flick from a corner cleared off the line, and early in the second when former Tegevajano midfielder Yuki Okada drew a good save from Shunsuke Ueda. The visitors offered little after Minamino's goal, but didn't need to. 
Final score, Kidakushu nil, Miyazaki won. Only two draws in the last eight games now for Kazuaki Tasaka's Giramants, who not surprisingly remain dead last. Tegevajaro climb to 13th. And finally, FC Gifu brought an end to their losing streak at Kamatamari Senuki. Two goals in the early stages of the second half gave the points to Yusaku Ueno's team. Ryo Kubota opening the scoring when he took advantage of some sleepy Sanuki defending to convert Stibia Ebs Mikani's low cross. The Kamatamare backline still hadn't woken up by the time Yoshiatsu Oiji slung in a corner a few minutes later as no one intervened to prevent Yuya Taguchi heading it on at the near post. Ryu Kawakami nodding it back across the face of goal, or, most importantly, Takumi Fujitani having a free header two yards out. Final score, Senaki nil, Gifu two. Now five league games without a goal for the Noodle Boys, drifting ominously down the table to 14th. Gifu now one place below them. So now to run through the top and bottom of the league standings after round 10. The top six are Nagano and Toyama with 20 points, Ehime with 19, Nara and Kagoshima 18, Imabari 16. At the other end of the table, the bottom six are Gifu with 11 points, YSCC and Ryukyu with 10, Fukushima 9, Sagamihara, 8, and bottom of the pile with 6, Kitakushu. Just time now to take a look ahead to the weekend of the 20th and the 21st of May, when there's another break in the league schedule, but 16 J3 clubs take part in the Emperor's Cup first round proper. On Saturday the 20th, there are three ties that pitch sides from J3 against university teams. Gifu play Niigata University of Health and Welfare, Miyazaki play Tokai University Kumamoto, and Fukushima play North Asia University. There are also two ties against teams from the fifth tier regional leagues. J3 frontrunners Nagano play AS Laranja Kyoto of the Kansai League, and Senaki play Kyushu Ligas. Brew Kashima. Then on Sunday the 21st, there's one all J3 tie in which Kirakushu play Kagoshima. Two ties against university teams Toyama play Hokuriku University and Sagamihana play Tokyo International University. Five ties against teams from the JFL Nana play Honda FC. Iwate play Kriyasan Shinjuku, Totori play Viertain Mie, Numazu play Reilak Shiga, and Hachinohe play Sony Sendai. And finally, two ties against regional league teams. Imabari play Mitsubishi Heavy Industries Nagasaki from the Kyushu League, and Ryukyu play Chugoku League side Mitsubishi Mizushima. With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say, 
Thanks for listening. Enjoy your football and see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you.